This is the Tyson Durfee Show. Compete, lead, and become a champion. My name's Tyson Durfee. I've been a professional rodeo athlete for 21 years. I used to sleep in the backseat of my truck. As I was trying to figure out how to make it, I've hit failure tens of thousands of times, and my biggest struggle with rodeo was always this, the belief in myself. And that's why I put so much out on social media. That's why I put it out into the world, the belief in yourself, handle this, and this gets way easier. This was my biggest hurdle. If you can share what your biggest struggle is, that's what I'm most concerned about. We're going to hit confidence. We're going to hit pre-competition nervousness, and we're going to break that slump and how to get back to winning quickly. Consistency, carrying the loss, coming back from an injury. What if? The big what if this happens? What if I break the barrier? What if I buck off? What if I get hurt? Is that playing anybody's head? That's played in my head probably thousands of hours, to be honest with you. A lot of times, if we don't verbalize, we internalize. And if we don't verbalize, the internal chatter is here. And if it's not positive, what does it do? It grows. So thanks for bringing that up because everybody else probably struggles with the same thing. All this stuff, I'm going to give you a game plan to get over it. I operate my entire life in what I call frameworks. So if I want to get money, maybe I'm broke, which I was a large part of my life. How do I make money? Create a framework for it. If I'm struggling with my mindset... How do I get my mindset back to where I'm thinking I'm the baddest man on planet Earth? And what works for you might be different than what works for her. But I'm going to give you the framework that works for me. And then you can mold it a little bit for what works for you. So I highly recommend, and I am so glad to see young adults using pen and paper. That's great. So I want to show you first. This is the thing that I'm most proud of. You guys think right now, because you're young adults fixing to go out and chase your dream, being a professional rodeo athlete or a successful barrel racer or bull rider. But understand that that's going to lead you to even something greater. This for me is my highlight reel. That's my wife, Shay. She's an Australian recording artist. She's had five number ones in Australia and two platinum albums. I met her at Houston Rodeo. I seen her from the other side of the room. I felt like God put a ray of light on her. The wind blew her hair back. And I was like, that girl's my wife. She has no idea yet. I really did. I I took one look at her. I knew I was going to marry her. Now, It did take me 18 months to get her phone number. Thank God for Facebook. This is before Instagram, before TikTok. This is the OG Snapchat, Facebook Messenger. And we would message back and forth. We'd write stories to each other. I really got to know my wife, and we built something special before we actually started dating. But before all that, there was a kind of guy who didn't believe in himself, really struggled with identity. Does anybody like ever struggle with identity? Like, what do I want to be? What do I want to do? I don't know what I want to do with my life. And then you get all this pressure from the whole world. You're going to college. You should have it all figured out. You should know everything. And what I would tell you at this point in your life is try everything. Try it all. I'm talking about with your rodeo and your roping, your job, whatever you're going to do in the future, try it all. I'm 40 years old and I'm trying new things All the time, all the time, because I'm trying to keep my brain moldable and pliable. I want to keep learning until the day I go into the ground. How many of you would like to do that? Keep growing and getting better the older you get. When I was a young man, I grew up in a very urban environment in Kansas City, Missouri. And so it was gangster rap music, who you could beat up, what you could steal. I had red hair, mullet, freckles, MC Hammer pants. I promise I was the coolest guy in school. No, I wasn't. I was in every learning disability class there was. I couldn't read. I couldn't write. I 
constantly got in trouble for cussing out the teachers because I thought that's what you did. I wanted to be a skateboarder, a professional skateboarder. Didn't want a rodeo because that's what my dad did. And I wanted to be something different. I want to be something bigger, bolder, and better than that. And I was royally confused. That's why when I moved to live with my dad, if you look in this picture, I can count on one hand the amount of pictures I have of me as a young man. My dad was the ultimate other end of the spectrum. See, my parents got divorced at a young age, so I went to live with my mom in the inner city. And then my dad had a farm, and I would be the urban inner city kid, and then I would go to the farm with my dad for a couple days, and I'd go back to the inner city kid and then back to the farm. So I didn't have it all figured out. And this is one of the first pictures I ever took with my whole family. You can see my oldest brother, Wes, my middle brother, Travis, and my dad, Roy. And then there's me. Do I look different than those guys a little bit? You can't see it. I had really, really baggy pants and a, and a shirt that was about two times too big. I didn't wear a belt buckle, didn't wear a cowboy hat, didn't have cowboy boots because all I ever known was struggle. That's it at that point. When my mom got pregnant with me, my mom and my dad and my two brothers were living in this barn right here. Dirt floor, no running water, no insulation. There was electricity. They lived right here. I was inside my mom's belly right here in the lower right-hand corner. That's where they lived. The whole family. How many of you guys come from more humble beginnings than that? That's poverty level. You see that stuff in Africa or in the slums in Brazil or in Mexico. And the truth is, if I've come from that, that was my beginning. That was my start. What does that tell you about the power of the mind? If you believe it, man, you can do it. I promise you. If you believe it, you can do it. My granddad was on the first wave of Normandy Beach D-Day, over a 90% casualty rate. He was one of the 10% that made it out alive. He raised my father very, very stern and very hard, very mean. And so in turn, that's how my dad was with me. Sometimes when you hear these negative comments over and over and over again, knowing that now, as a nearly 40-year-old man, I know that those comments coming at me were meant to build me up, meant to lift me up, meant to inspire me, meant to make me better. But sometimes when you hear that you're dumb as a box of rocks or you'll never make it, I heard that all the time growing up. It starts to creep into your subconscious. I was so bad in school. I was failing every grade. I was in every learning disability. I couldn't read. I couldn't write. And I'm in fifth grade at that point. So that's where I came from. And the reason I show you that is to show you you can go wherever you want to go. It's right here. It's right freaking here. It's in your head. Whatever you believe right here is your future, is the winning, is the championships. And sometimes you got to believe it before you achieve it. We call that faith, right? And from the beginning for me, when I moved on the farm, we started taking photos. I never smiled. I saw addiction. I saw chaos. I saw fights. When I moved to the ranch with my dad and my brothers, the coolest guy was the guy who could drink the most whiskey, fight the biggest person, or get the girl. That's it. That's what my life looked like. So I never smiled. I went to school, took pictures. I didn't smile. I started shoeing horses at 13. Never smiled. Even when I started making money, I never smiled. I didn't want to do it because all I knew was chaos. And now, if you guys have ever seen me, I don't stop smiling. I won't do it. Because the things that you put out into the world, you get back. You put out... The dirt's the only thing coming back at you. You stand with your shoulders back, chest up, chin out, carry yourself right. The world will come back to you. Opportunities will come back to you. Money and sponsors will come back to you. Your physiology demands a presence that people look at and respect. I didn't know that there. Dad put a rope in my hand and said, son, we're going to go to some rodeos. You're responsible for all your food, your own clothes, and your own entry fees from 12 years old on. That meant... No help. 
I thought, yeah, well, I'll go do it. At the end of my first week rodeoing, I profited $42. I had a ledger. I kept track of every penny, concession stand, collected 10 cans. I kept a ledger of everything. At the end of my first week, I won 42 bucks. And I thought, wait a second. You can make money rodeoing? I can make money with this? Now we started speaking my language. I thought, I can earn a living. This is my way out. You know, you hear a lot of guys in, in the hood or certain areas, you know, basketball or football. It's that professional sport that gets them out of that environment that they were in. This was my ticket out. And I taught myself, hey, I'm going to start loving to train. So 12 years old, I start paying for all my own stuff. I start doing extra. I start working harder. I start pushing more. By 14, I take over the ranch by myself. My dad did not live with me at 14 years old. I took over the ranch, me and a hired man. By 16, I got my first car. By 17, I had $30,000 in my savings account, and then I doubled that by the time I was 18. So when I was 18, I had plenty of cash in the bank, no bills. I was able to rodeo with no help from parents. I trained my own horses, and the one thing that gave me that ability to be able to do that was shoeing horses. If you leave this college and you go out into the world without a higher level of skill, you're wasting your time. This time right now for each and every one of you, as well as rodeoing and developing your life and your rodeo and seal, develop another skill too. Because as you're coming up into the sport of rodeo, you need an income advantage and you need a skill advantage to rise to the top. How many times rodeo cowboys get out at there and they're like, I'm going to go for a month or two and then, you know, when I run out of money, I'll go home. Has anybody ever heard that before? It's the life story of almost every single rodeo cowboy. And I watched my brother do it year after year after year after year. And guess what? My brother was faster, stronger, and more athletic than me. And guess what? He didn't win. I realized that I needed staying power. That skill, much like the skills you're learning here, much like the, the way that you develop yourself, that's a skill. I promise you, it's a skill. And if you take that skill, you can utilize something even greater than rodeo. Could be shooting horses. Could be training horses. Could be digital media. I'm telling you, there is massive opportunities in the world right now for digital media experts. Crank out social media, reels, clips. If you're good at understanding analytics, maybe you have an engineer mindset, you can literally make millions in that space. So develop skills while you're doing it. That skill, long story short, allowed me to go rodeo, lose my life savings, wind up flat broke, live in the backseat of my truck, then start a welding business, weld for two years, sell it to my partner, then take all that money, go spend it all, then get credit cards from the bank and max all those out plus a credit line and wind up flat broke four or five years later after high school. I had $255 to my name in Innisfail, Alberta. I did not even have enough money to get home on. Again, I lost it all, except this time, I had developed the ability to get credit cards. Anybody who's got credit cards know that a credit card is the death of the rodeo cowboy. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Because once you get that card and you max it out, they're hitting you at 20% interest. And then it grows and grows and grows and grows and grows. That was me. Maxed out credit cards, about 25000 a little over 200 bucks in my checking account in a foreign country and no way to get home. I had to win. The next day I won third in the go-round the second go-round, I won fourth, I ended up winning second in the average. And that started a winning streak in me. I won money at 19. Went on to be a Canadian national champion that year. First American history to do that. But that, again, guys, was after I had been broke three times. Lost it all, out of high school. I thought I was going to be the next Roy Cooper. I didn't have the track record of that. I just had the attitude of that at the time. 
was like, I'm going to be the next Roy Cooper. How many people are like, I'm going to be the next Sage Kimsey? I'm going to be the next Setson Wright. You know why those guys are that way? It's not because they're more physically gifted than most of you. It's because they got it right here. They have it in their head that I'm going to get a W and I'm going to win. And they master the mechanics so good that their belief level goes through the roof. I'm a little bit of an extremist, as you can kind of see in this photo. I went through a Navy SEAL Hell Week about a year and a half ago, and 49 guys signed up, 23 completed. And I was determined that I was going to get through the next day. And this is a good mental hack for anybody that's really struggling. I asked the lead uh, SEAL prior to the competition, because once you get the competition, once you get to Hell Week, the instructors who then recruited you become your worst enemies. They're trying to get you to tap every single moment. You might be army crawling for 12 or 14 hours straight, getting drenched with water hoses and 48 degrees with the wind blowing wide open and guys start dropping like flies because they're thinking, I got two more days. I got three more days and there's no sleep. You don't get to sleep. It's 24 hours a day. And they get in their head and they think, oh man, I don't know about another day of this. The lead seal told me before he signed up, he said, Tyson, if you want to complete this, it's very simple. Just don't quit. Just don't quit. One more step. One more day. One more hour. One more freaking minute. I believe there's good and bad, right? The bad is the enemy, the negative. Always trying to get you to negative. What if this happens? Blah, 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 blah. If you let that take root in your mind, it's going to sabotage and ruin the next run, the next run, the next rodeo. And that's how we get into a slump. Look at this. Who looks focused? Who looks like, I'm done. The guy on the right is me. Okay, I was not about to quit. Let's get that right. <laughs> okay, the guy in the middle is an appliance delivery man that was raised by two mothers. He had two moms. He didn't have a dad. He's a product of a kind of a weird way of life. I don't agree with it, but that dude was a freaking warrior. His name is Lucas Delvo. Look how focused he is. Now, the guy on the left, what's the look on his face? He's done. Look at his face. This dude was a Marine. Delvo was raised by two moms and an appliance salesman or appliance delivery man making 13 bucks an hour. The appliance delivery man was way tougher than the other guy, and the other guy was supposed to be a Marine. The Marine tapped about 10 hours after that. Matter of fact, he didn't even tap. He left. We got 45 minutes of sleep a night. 45 minutes. You get in, you're wet, you're cold nonstop. Homeboy just runs off. The next morning, the instructors come in, they say, no BS, where is he at? What did you guys do with him? Where is he? And we're like, we have no idea. And so his battle buddy, because they pair you up with one other dude, and your only job is to have that guy's back, fell asleep in the 45 minutes they give you to rest in a 24-hour period. He said, I don't know, man. He just said he was going to go to the toilet, and then I never seen him again. And I said, you didn't think about telling me that he left? And guess who they crucified because homeboy left? All of us. When you check out on your dream, when you check out on staying focused, you know what you're supposed to do. Your parents have mortgaged their house. They've got you the truck. They've got you the trailer. They're doing everything they can. Maybe it's a lot. Maybe it's a little. Both are okay. When you check out, you're leaving a wake of pain behind. They got to pay for it. Now, this is not outcome driven. This is effort driven. You want the key to insanity? The key to insanity is being outcome driven in your life. I'm only happy if I win. I'm only happy when I win first place. I'm only happy if everybody tells me I'm good. 
What if you were happy right here all the time and you put in the effort and you begin to reward yourself for the amount of effort that you put in? You begin to reward yourself for putting in the work. I woke up 30 minutes earlier today. I did a little bit of exercise. I put in an extra 30 minutes flanking and tying. I was on the spur board a little bit long. I've spent time watching videos breaking down every single movement so that I could see where my hips were when the bull made this move. What if you put in just a little bit extra on that end, and you rewarded the effort, not the outcome. I want you to really, really like yourself. So many of us, me included when I was younger, we put on this false facade that everything's all right, yet we're suffering in silence in our heart, knowing we coulda, woulda, and shoulda been more. And then what happens? We beat ourselves up when it doesn't go right. We beat ourselves. What I'm concerned is, why do we have these conversations in our head? Why did he have that conversation in his head? My internal dialogue backing in the box in the 2008 NFR was, oh no, what if you break your leg again? What if you get hurt? You're not good enough. And I would get caught in this vicious loop of, I would hear these voices, so then I would literally, guys, I would crush myself in practice to try to drown them out because I won't quit. This here, this has got to stop before I give up. And the same with you. Just get it in your head that all you have to do is quiet the noise. I've taught you about tying it back to somebody you care about, somebody you love, staying focused. When you get derailed, get back on track. If we knew how we get it, or how we got it, then it makes it easier to deal with. Why am I so hard on myself all the time? Why am I always beating myself up? Why is this constantly happening over and over and over again? It was like a light bulb went off in my head. I was like, this actually isn't even really me. The dialogue that's playing in my head is not even me. It was passed down to me. It was passed down from parents, from friends, because of their insecurities were creeping over on my life, which was then playing out into how I roped, how I rode, how much I won, how much I made in my businesses. You guys write this question. How did I get this negative thing that I believe to be true? And before you start crapping on your mom and your dad, right, let's not take it out on them. Have this one thought. Have compassion for whoever gave it to you because that was passed down to them as well. And they didn't have somebody like me that had done this work that understands it. So my dad, who loved me more than life, I guarantee he would die for me just like I would die for my kids. He said, Tyson, you're dumb. Tyson, you're never going to make it. I hated my dad. I came this close to choking him to death. Had somebody not been there, I probably would have choked him to death and I would be in a penitentiary right now. And when I began to get compassion for the man because of the way he was raised, it set me free. See, we all struggle with our parents or authority, myself included. I loved my dad, but I also hated him. Does anybody have that family member that they feel the same way about? Like you love them, but all right, we all got them. It's called the human experience. When those negative voices are coming around in your head, they came to you from somewhere. Now, the easy thing to do is to hate that person. But that mentally tough, next level mindset side of you can say, you know what? That was passed down to me. I still love them anyway. I don't care. Because it was just passed to them too. Whatever they said to you, whatever they did to you, whatever happened to you, probably happened to them and it's repetitive behavior. Understand that when you take the control of the narrative in your head right here, You're in control, not anybody else. I'm so scared of heights, man. I go across a bridge and my knees are like getting weak and I get sick in my stomach. So what do I do? 
<sighs> I, I'm sweating just thinking about it. I go jump out of an airplane. Why do I swim in the South Pacific with sharks? Why do I do this stuff? I do it so nothing can have control over me. I have control over me. I question every belief that I have about myself, and I want to be in control, not the belief. Why do I jump out of a plane? I'm pretty sure somebody had to clean my shorts out after that. Like, I'm being serious. But I do it because new experiences, getting out of your comfort zone, doing new things, meeting new people. You think I like standing up in front of a crowd talking? No, my hands get sweaty. And then the enemy, remember I was talking to you all about the enemy creeps in. How can I relate to a bunch of 20-year-olds? I'm almost 40. They're not going to listen to me. They're going to leave the next day and they're not even going to remember a damn thing that I said. That's what the enemy is saying. But then I choose to say, no, you know what? I've actually been where these guys want to go and I've had some of the similar struggles. So if I can help one of you, one of you, it's worth it for me to spend nine hours out of my life to drive here and drive back. If I can help one, one person. What if you approach new situations, new circumstances, new experiences just like that? And it wasn't outcome driven. It was rewarded by effort. It was rewarded by new experiences. It was rewarded by new people. I speak Spanish, Portuguese, and English. And I couldn't read in fifth grade. I know digital media. I know marketing. But I'm ADD and I'm dyslexic. And every time I feel like I can't do something, I remember the kids in fifth grade that made fun of me for being dirty derfy because I took one bath a week and I was the LD kid, the learning disability kid. So damn it, I'm going to show them. But I'm not mad at them. I'm just going to show them with my life. I'm going to show them with my family. I'm going to show them with my actions. I'm going to show them with the way that I communicate with the world. Shoulders back, chest out, chin up, always smiling. You know why I got such a good smile? It's because I kept knocking my front teeth out. I kept knocking out my front teeth. No, I'm being serious. I kept knocking out my front teeth. The second time it happened, we put a cap on. I knocked that out. And my dad was like, we don't have money to give you new teeth anymore. So you're just going to have to go without a tooth in the front. You know, you ever seen somebody smile when they don't have any front teeth? Yeah. Boy, that sucks, doesn't it? Yeah. Bull riders and uh, bulldoggers get it all the time. That was me. No front tooth. Finally, you can get an infection through the nerve endings on your tooth when they're out in the open. And infected my head up, and I went to the ICU for seven days because I had so much infection floating around. We get it fixed, and I'm starting to rodeo, and I'm still not smiling. My teeth are black in the front. I have one black tooth because we had fixed it, but it died. We call it the immigrant mindset because you won't spend money on yourself, but you'll save it like crazy. You think the wolf's going to take everything every single day, so you just save, 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 save. So I actually had the money to fix my tooth as I got into high school. I just didn't do it. But then I got creative. I was like, hey. I know a dentist. I'm going to call this dentist up and see if I can get maybe one of his horses to train. I call this dentist up. I say, hey, man, you got a horse you need trained? He says, yeah, I do. I say, I tell you what, I need four new front teeth. I will trade you six months riding on a horse for four new front teeth. He said, deal. And that's how I got my teeth. These are all fake, y'all. It hurts like hell when I bite down on something metal, I promise you. But it gave me a smile. Understand the things that you think are going to harm you will make you the toughest later on in life. The things that you're looking at is hard right now when they are. I get it. I know. Different country. No family. I watched my wife go through it. It's hard. I know it. I know how difficult it is. It's only going to make you stronger. And you have to believe that. You have to have it in your head that this is making me better. I've fallen off getting off a lot of times. 
because I snapped my leg doing it once. I blew my left knee up. I've got a plate and 10 screws in this leg. And I was devastated when it happened because when I snapped my leg, it was seven months rehab with that leg. Seven freaking months. I thought my life was over because I had found out I could make money roping. So I just started working. And plus my dad was like, you're only working 16 hours a day. You're not working enough. So I started getting up at 4.30 every morning. Between 4.30 and 5, I'd feed, I'd flank and tie, I'd do all my roping and then go to school, then get out of school, go shoe horses, get done shooing horses. And then we'd usually have about 12 to 14 horses more to ride at about 5, 6 o'clock at night when I got done. And then we'd ride horses till midnight. And my dad was like, hey, you're not working hard enough, which is, you know, South Dakota, Montana. Anybody knows anything about North Dakota and South Dakota? You just work 18 hours a day, every day, your entire life. That's just the way it is up there. That's how I was raised. So he's like, you're not working hard enough. He's like, I see you working. I see you feeding the cattle. I see you doctor. I see you cleaning stalls. I see you saddling, unsaddling. I see you breaking these two-year-olds. But I don't see you working on your craft. You told me you wanted to be good at roping calves. And I just, you know, a couple years ago, I quit playing football, which was a dream of mine. I quit playing basketball because it was a dream, but I was really bad. So I started getting up super early to work on my craft. It was hard. That led me into breaking my leg. Right after I started, you know, about a year into doing all this extra work, this extra effort, this extra, 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 extra. And I snapped my leg and I think, oh, great. Go to the doctor, typical doctor, because they have insurance. They're supposed to tell you worst case scenario and make you think that that's your real life. And almost always they're wrong, by the way. You'll never rope again. If you injure that leg again, you may never walk properly again. I believed him for a minute. I thought, you know what? I probably did what most cowboys do and said, this doctor don't know his head from his ass. Because he doesn't know the grit of a cowboy. You rough stock riders are going to face that seriously at some point. And you'll have to cowboy up. You'll have to toughen up. And I know you will. But understand, that broken leg caused me to get fanatical about my get-off, which then transitioned into winning world championships. The pain that you go through, the injury, the hit barrels, the mistakes, is going to transition you into the best times of your life if you don't give up. If you don't quit. But it's up to you to not do that. Hey, my friend, I just wanted to remind you that if you want to take your mental toughness to the next level, I created this thing called the Cowboy Challenge. It's an 11-day mental toughness challenge. If you are struggling with your mental toughness, maybe you don't have the consistency that you want, maybe that your diet sucks, maybe that you're not getting regular sleep, or you're just, you know, maybe lazy. If you want some help getting to the next level with your mindset, with your attitude, with your mental toughness, go ahead and check out the Cowboy Challenge, and it's in the description below. We'll see you soon.